Lisa likes the window seat at night, the lights below that tell her she's nearly home. Then there's the lights she can't see, the runway lights we power to bring her plane safely into land. And because at Energia we also power all of Ireland's streetlights, Lisa's taxi home is that bit safer too. And no prizes for guessing who powers her house. Welcome home, Lisa. Energia, the power behind your power. The Fan-Controlled Football League is a new professional football league where teams no longer have a front office. Instead, fans control all the decisions, from drafting players to hiring coaches, calling plays. Your path to domination is just an app away. Guys, make sure you visit the website fcfl.io to learn more. Yeah, eat, sleep, fantasy, you rocking with the best. NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs, better follow. The conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming Eat Nation, we doing what we like. Tune in every week, guarantee we get it hype. Fantasy Football Enthusiasts, I know you plan to be. Joining us on Eat Sleep Fantasy. Yeah, Eat Sleep Fantasy. Eat Sleep Fantasy. What is going on, ESF Faithful? Hey, welcome to episode eight of Dynasty Night. Uh, I got I got John and Steve with me. Um, I would ask uh, John how he's doing, but he's always going to say he's glad to be here. So we'll start with Steve. What's going on, Steve? <laughs> What's going on, Austin? Hey, you want to know what? Just for John, I'm glad to be here too, man. Oh, it's so, all, I'm no- glad to be here too, man. I'm glad yeah, I'm not the another, only one. It's another Dynasty Night, brother. You know. Oh, this look. Hey, this is an action-packed episode. So I, I definitely want to talk about some fantasy news, but uh, ESF started our own dynasty league. I'm a little disappointed; it's a ten man, but tell you what, after seeing everything that's been going on, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Any guys want to interject real quick and then go back to, to fantasy news? Yeah. So just when you're doing a dynasty league or just any fantasy league for that matter, you want to make sure that every team is not stacked. That that is that just makes it not fun. So what we did, even though we only have 10 team which 10 teams which is bad, we loaded up on starting positions. So in our league, this is a custom format. We are you start three running backs, three wide receivers, and you have three flex spots. Not super flex, but just regular flex spots. So you have nine wide receiver um running back starters that you can play or tight end if you want to play it that way. So what we've done is we've created just out of 10 teams, we still have that scarcity that makes, you know, good teams, med- mediocre teams, and bad teams that you need to kind of survive a dynasty league. And it's been fun. So many crazy trades. Yeah, this yeah, that we'll get whole to draft board just flipped. But, no, it, it, it has been cool. And it is different and with 10 guys. And, you know, that's just, that's that's the commitment that we have uh, with this group over here. So it, it's going to be interesting. This format's going to be interesting. Uh, it's going to be an exciting year and years to come. All right, so let's go back to fantasy news real quick, and then we'll jump into our dynasty league again. So fantasy news, big uh, nothing, nothing major that I can see, but uh, Des Bryant released by the Cowboys. Uh, I'll start off real quick. Uh, my hopes and dreams, he actually does show up and come out to the Patriots. Surprise! There's actually somebody I want. I think it'd be a good move for him, only because we don't know what's going on with Gronk, and we kind of need that big body. Uh, we lost Cooks, so. I kind of see him going there, and I'm not going to lie, I kind of see him going to the 49ers, but he did make the comment that he's hoping to stay in in that division and play the Cowboys twice a year. So any uh, any any thoughts there on Dez? Uh, no. You know, 
<laughs> I, I mean, for me, you know, I, I, New England and San Francisco are places that always come up. But, you know, I look at a team like Arizona, too. But if he wants to stay in the division, um, I, I think it's going to be hard to say exactly. He's not going to do much in Washington, in my opinion. Uh, there's a, not much room in Philadelphia there. And, you know, with Brandon Marshall being cut, if he goes to the yep, Giants, I was about to say that. if he goes to the Giants, I'm not really sure how the egos of him and OBJ are going to work out. So it's really kind of hard to say if he's going to stay in that division or not. Fantasy relevance just is not there. He he's lost a step, and he runs terrible routes. He second in the league and drops behind Mike Evans. Like there's just so many problems there. Bad attitude. Do not want for NFL purposes or fantasy purposes. Stay away. Yeah, he Yeah, he hasn't been fantasy relevant since like 2014. Yep. So. He needs to go somewhere where he's not going to be the guy. But can he handle that? Like <laughs> that, Exactly. It's hard because he obviously couldn't handle it, even though he was technically the guy in Dallas, but he was the guy at the wide receiver position. He, you know, it's, it was obvious that, you know, there was a toss up between Dak and Zeke, but with Zeke out last year, for the amount of time that he was out, we saw what we saw out of Dak. So that's clearly Zeke's team. So who knows? Yeah, who knows what's going to happen with that? So is there any on the Cowboy? Anyone on the Cowboys that you're gonna you're gonna keep an eye on, or somebody's gonna, you're gonna gain a little bit of interest in? If you're interested in volume, no, absolutely not. As if you go to full point PPR, you want to stay away. You got Allen Hearns there. That's the best option. But that is going to be a run heavy offense with Jason Witten Witten getting at least ninety targets. So it's not much. You want to watch out for the draft. I think Cortland Sutton would be a perfect fit there uh, for dynasty value. But again, redraft, even if they do get Sutton in the first round, man, you're talking flex play at best just because it's not a pass-heavy offense. So uh, running game, get Zeke, awesome. But outside of that, fantasy, you're going to want to kind of fade all those players. Yeah, it's it's really hard to say. I mean, Hearns is off top of the head. uh I know Dale's a fan of Thompson being there, but I see them attacking um, a wide receiver in the draft. I mean, they have a good young core with Zeke, with Dak, even the offensive line, right? So, And it's going to be uh, Zeke year. I mean, I see this guy well north of 300 touches, so uh, fantasy and dynasty owners, he, he should he's probably going to be your number one pick. But, yeah, there's a lot of wide receivers in this draft class that I could see Dallas going after. All right, hey, moving on. Dale DeMott's favorite running back, C.J. Anderson, was cut by Denver. Landing spots? I'm going to pass on this one. <laughs> I'll let you all take the reins on this. <laughs> uh, you don't want him in New England? No. Well, we've already got like a seven-headed monster. Can you name all seven of the running backs the Patriots have right now? All seven? Uh, yeah. Well, I know White, Burkhead. Yep. Jeremy Hill. Yeah, Jeremy Hill. Gillisley. now. Gillisley. Gillisley. Probably yeah. uh, is Bolden still there? See. So, Kevin so there we go. He's still playing. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Curtis Martin come back? <laughs> There's no need for a, for a running back in New England right now. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, it, it's really hard to say. I'll be really curious where he lands to see who C.J. Anderson really is. Uh, because his like a lot of his best years uh, were those first couple. And I think that was with Peyton Manning. And you know, in that offensive scheme, that was his own running scheme, and that's been in Denver for a long time, and he excelled in that scheme. So if he goes somewhere that's outside of that, I'll be really curious to see what kind of running back we're going to see. 
I think Miami's the best spot for him, but they just signed Frank Gore, but it was to a minimum deal. He He's one of those guys that I could see somebody drafting, or sorry, signing if they don't get their running back in the draft. Um, if they miss out in the kind of early rounds, first through third rounds on a running back, why not sign him to a veteran minimum deal um, and see what happens? But he's nothing special. I could see. Maybe. I like him go to the 49ers. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> You want to know what? I could almost see Washington taking a stab at him. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. You got Chris Thompson taking the third. He competes with Fat Rob and uh, P. Ryan. Uh, It's not a bad signing. And and there's not not much competition there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get back to the stuff you guys want to talk about. Hey, so let's go back to the Dynasty League. John, you got a couple stories for us about trades and how to trade, what not to trade, and who to trade with, and and uh, trade this and trade that and trade bait and trade fuck <laughs> it, it's and all trade trading. this. And- so, one, I am addicted to trades. Uh, absolutely love trading. So we set up our dynasty. We set our draft order. We're doing a startup, uh, as we mentioned. And so we are able to trade draft picks. And I recommend whenever you set up your league, only trade picks one year in advance. After that, it gets tricky. Uh, teams leaving and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, I want to start this off with the story of one of our beloved head honchos, Armando. He is such an awesome guy and a fun guy to talk to. He hosted last week, and I love Armando. And I asked him for permission to tell this wonderful story. We we are trying to trade some picks. I don't want to get into the actual picks. But anyway, we're trying to set up a deal. I offer, he counters. I re-counter, and he says, fine. If you do this one thing, we got a deal. And I said, sure. Deal accepted. I send it over, and then he says, well, hold on. Let me look at it. There is no place in fantasy <laughs> for this kind of BS, man. If you propose something and it is accepted, that doesn't mean you counter and try to go get more. This is a gentleman's game. And if you propose it, you don't back out whenever they agree or try to get more. Um, I, I'll give it up to my buddy Steve. I think we've executed two or three trades that were literally one response. Like, hey, do you want this? <laughs> sure, deal, done. Like, don't try to screw people over. Now, obviously, you want to come out ahead in a trade, but don't try to rip off your buddies that you're in a league with and all that stuff. Obviously, again, come out positive, which works for you. But if you send something out there, make it count for something. Yeah, when you're sending trades out there, you can't just look at, okay, it's this round, it's this round, it's this round. You have to look at what number pick it is, right? So you got to look at the overall value of everything. So, you know, if you want to move up in the 20 spot and you have, you know, say like late 20s and you have an early to, early to mid 30 and you want to sweeten it up and then take a, something a little bit later on their end to make that deal uh, work for both sides – that's what you have to do. I mean, there's give and take on all sides of it and everybody's trying to achieve the same thing. So, you know, at least make, you know, don't try to tip the scales, let the needle balance in the middle somewhat. Yep. And, and figure out where your goals are. That's one thing that I think people, you don't make a trade into the second round just because you value second round picks. You got to line this up with your rankings or find an expert that does rankings that you kind of respect and you kind of appreciate. Because again, there's tiered rankings, and that's one thing that people have to do. Just because a player is number 18 and 19 on your draft board, that doesn't mean that they're just one spot apart. There could be a giant chasm, right? So for me, the draft falls after 18 big time, and it does not pick up 
um, until about 27, 28. So I traded away all the picks in that range, and I traded away to make sure I'm exploiting the different areas where I think the maximum value is. And so that's what you got to do. Do it with a plan in mind. Don't just say, oh, well, I'm gaining value here if you don't even know who you're going to be picking in that area. You got to play chess. It's not checkers, in the words of Denzel Washington. <laughs> right, exactly. Nice. See, I would love to move up into the second round a little bit more, a little higher from out of the, because I got the second pick of our league. So you figure I got the, what, 18 and 20? Yep, because there's only 10. So, so yeah, exactly. Right. So yeah, I would love to move up a little bit more. That that's that was one of my goals. I just couldn't make it happen today. So well, yeah. I mean, you, you could even look at you know trying to swap with somebody, and you know maybe exchange uh, picks for next year to sweeten the pot a little bit. I yeah. mean, there, there's I was all kinds with of ways John around a little it. bit. I chickened out. Not gonna lie. I'm your uh, I'm your dynasty noob host tonight. So and and I'll so. say this: never do a trade if you do not feel comfortable with it. Don't let somebody bully you. Don't let somebody just pressure you into making a trade that doesn't count if you don't feel good just say sorry not interested and walk away figure it out don't limp into trades you should understand this trade helps me because and if you can't fill that out then don't do it although you're a yeah because there's only what two there's only what two people in the league right now hasn't done a trade <laughs> John, yeah, john's you a are shark one though, of man but he's easy to work with though i can tell you that much it, it is just like you said it's yes and no i mean i think what have I think it's we've worked out two deals, John, and we've talked about a couple others, but you know it's just it's no bullshit, man. Just that, that's exactly. I'm not trying to waste anybody's time. This is what I want. Cool. If not, peace. Like, <laughs> and don't be mean about it. Like, it's not a big deal. Right. Um, you've got to continue working with all these people in your league, even the ones you don't like. Uh, <coughs> Wade, <coughs> Wade. Um, <laughs> for a while. Oh, that was legit. <laughs> Sorry, my throat. I don't know what it is. Uh, but oh, anyway, that was a good one. <laughs> you have to keep working with these people if this is a dynasty league for a long time. <laughs> Love you, Wade. So let hey, let's drop like some things in a dynasty league that that Wade kind of did. That, you know, like you said, come in, y'all get your shit straight, or I'm out of this thing. You know, stuff like that. Where we're just sitting around looking at ourselves, like, what is going on with this kid? So yeah, Captain. Friggin' this guy, you know, we're sitting there, we're talking about, uh, you know, finances, how we're going to work out points, how we're going to work out this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, we're doing it as a democracy. Everybody has a vote, right? So, you know, we're getting it down to the point where, okay, everything's decided. Then you got fucking Wade coming out of left field. Well, what if we do this? What if we do that? And all of a sudden, everybody's voting on that shit. And, you know, it's just like, man, come on, leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Once something is voted on and approved, it's done, man. It is in the annals of history. Uh, just move on. Like you gotta let it go. But uh, uh, it, it has been fun, though. It has. Been it's fun. been a blast. And like I understand, I was giving him a hard time, but it, a little bit of stress, and that's kind of <laughs> what it is. But <laughs> understand, fight for the things that are important for you. That is cool, but don't be a whiny bitch. I think that is my. <laughs> dynasty nugget for today don't be a whiny bitch i think mine is don't get dicked down by the dynasty so <laughs> there you go you got the triple d yep <laughs> amazing <laughs> yeah so hey the only thing we have not voted on which i'm surprised is how we're gonna run our waivers so i know i keep bringing it up and i feel like it keeps getting pushed off to the side and well, so wait, let's talk wait, about that on here start getting your ideas together 
So there's there's two main ways to do it. Number one is very similar to the way the NFL does it, and fantasy has done it for the longest time, and that's waiver wire, where the worst teams or the worst team record get first option. Now, in Dynasty, you carry a little bit larger roster, so waiver wires aren't as prominent in Dynasty, but what what is your goal? Do you want to try to make it even where the poorer teams get better options to catch up to the better teams, or do you want to make it 100 blank slate every week? and do kind of a waiver bid system, right? Uh, It's called FAB, Free Agent Acquisition Budget. And so you can do that, but the problem with that is it makes the rich richer, uh, very capitalistic mindset, which I'm cool with. You know, I'm all right with that. So you got to figure out, do you want to make, help the better teams out or do you want to help the kind of crappy teams out? And that's going to kind of play into that choice or a decision that you want to make. I'm good with either way. I mean, FAB's my favorite, Um, but, you know, like you said, because the problem in Dynasty, if if you don't um, if you don't cater to certain circumstances, uh, people can get uh, disgruntled really fast, and then you have people backing out, and then you're stuck trying to find trying to find guys to take over teams, right? So I know uh, some of the Dynasty leagues that I'm in, it's it's strictly fab. We there's guys that we've been together for a lot of years, and teams have gone you know, up and down, up and down. So we really haven't had many issues there. But, you know, there's been the keeper leagues that I've been a part of to where, you know, we did it with Fab and we had guys backing out. So we were just like, all right, you know, we get new guys in a league, voted in to go back to, you know, team at the bottom, gets uh, first priority, and we haven't had any problems since. So it just all depends on the group of people that you're working with when you're in these leagues. Well, when it comes to waivers and stuff like that and, you know, I'm trying to get my head wrapped around the, the whole aspect of Dynasty, but I think John explained it best for my logic um, that I'll probably use is who's going to help me for the next three years? Because say this year isn't my year, so at least I got a couple guys where I know I'm going to be able to keep and get me get me through these next couple months and get me into 2019. So I can't I can't even believe that 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 blows my mind too. Is just sitting there thinking of 2019 and 2020 for using, using one of these players to help me with my fantasy team. That's the thing, dude, is thinking ahead like that. Because, I mean, realistically, where you're at right now, okay, let's just say, you know, you, you're sitting at a solid spot at number two, okay? So depending on which guy falls to you, right? And let's just say the rest of your draft just does not go as well as planned, right? And you get which to I'm a point with – <laughs> But you you get to a point within, you know, two, three years and you're like, damn, this really isn't going anywhere. And you're sitting there with a guy like Hopkins. You're sitting there with a guy like Zeke who's still really young. I mean, you could flip them for some solid talent, right, and still be able to draft and you whoever else you have on your roster. So, you know, it, it, it's good to have those guys because, A, they can either carry your team or, B, if you need to go and rebuild like now, they're the excellent, excellent uh, poker chip to play, man. Sounds good. Anything else we want to touch on in our Dynasty League? Man, the one thing I'll say, just kind of that you brought up, that you're focusing on three years out. So um, somebody like LaShawn McCoy, he's 29 going into his 30-year-old uh, season, so on and so forth, still productive, put up insane numbers, seven straight 1,000-yard seasons. He's probably not going to play for three years. However, he still carries a lot of value. So what happens is you put him in a tier, and whenever it's your turn to pick, and you're picking within this tier, whether that's Melvin Gordon, so on and so forth. What you want to do is you want to break the tie of your tiers of guys that are going to put up this production with youth. So you're planning for three years out, 
but if you have guys that are in relatively the same area, uh, you're gonna I'm gonna tip my cap to the guy that's a little bit younger. If they're two to three years younger, I'm gonna put them over this guy that I see playing for three years or two years, so on and so forth. So get them in the general area. What, what I kind of a phrase that I've heard before is. Do your rankings to get people in a neighborhood. As you get closer to the draft, then you're going to kind of move them closer into the house. And then whenever it's your turn to go, up, you're trying to figure out the room that they belong in. And so you group them, you group them, and as you more and look and you find these players that you're comfortable with or that you like or that you find out that you start loving them, like Kareem Hunt's my guy, love that guy, um, you, you'll bump them up your rankings to where they fit. But you don't want to go crazy. You don't want to take Kareem Hunt in the top three. You're wasting so much value so you figure out where other people have them and you kind of you move them into that that tier if that makes sense. I think where you're you're comfortable at having that player like you you don't you, you know you don't have the you get the warm fuzzy when you pull the player and you're like okay I got him I got him here it wasn't too bad cuz that's pretty much how I did my rankings uh this past weekend was to kind of look at where where do I feel comfortable taking this individual you know and you know where the value is for like the next couple years like you said so Yep. All right, I think hey, since we're gone into our rankings, hey, just today on this episode, episode eight, we decided that we were going to uh, look at our rankings, and we did like a small uh, three-person round-robin mock draft. So basically, what's going to happen? This is we're looking at half-point PPR. Uh, what we're looking at, and pretty much we just went uh, Steve, myself, and John, and we just keep going. We're going to go to like twenty-four, and then. If we feel like it, we might even pull up our rankings and go on to 36. Ooh, so Don't tip me. Oh, yeah. man. Good yeah, times there you ahead. Go. I don't know. You guys don't know what quick means, so I know we're going to probably go over time. That is so. what you know, she said. Yes. You're always commenting on it. <laughs> yeah. It's about quality, not quantity. Oh, there's quality and quantity and a time. It's a math equation. Yeah, just look at just just look at our draft boards. You'll see a lot of quality it's and qu- quantity. <laughs> actually correct. it's called the efficiency expectation <laughs> all right so starting us off with steve steve you had the first pick so who did you steal ezekiel elliott i mean to me and we talked about it a little bit earlier um for a startup dynasty league right now he is the young question number one he's very young very young team very young offensive line a lot of good things ahead of him he's gonna get a ton of touches so i mean he's just I mean, based on volume and what he's already done so far in his career, it, to me, it's a no-brainer. Let, let me ask you this, Steve. If you were in a PPR league, would mm-hmm. you still, a full-point PPR, would you still take him number one? Because obviously he's not as involved as a lot of the other top running backs. Would Would you still take him number one? I think so, man, because there's, I mean, we talked about the receiving options there at Dallas, and they'll probably address it, but, you know, Dak... Dak likes to check down too, and they they do get Zeke involved, so he's gonna see a lot of touches. And I mean, a lot of his points that he's gonna get standard, you apply those to PPR, and you get his receptions and potentially receiving touchdowns on top of that too. So he just, I think he this is the year where he's kind of like that perfect target for that spot. Yeah, I mean, he's like I said, he's my favorite coming out this year. He's gonna come back, you know, got suspended last season, and you figure. He'll end up coming out like Brady, and he'll he'll be full of force, and he'd be someone to reckon with. That's he's he's my number one as well. Um, I mean, I, you know, I want to say he's only like twenty two or twenty. He's twenty two. He'll be yeah, twenty three at the season start. Yeah, and then you have to remember too. You know, he's going to be involved in the passing game. I don't think there was a game last year. I think it was the season before where he had caught the caught the pass 
um, from Dak, and he took it almost 90 yards. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I expect to see out of Zeke this season. So, so you know, and then, you know, we talked about Zeke being going number one. Uh, most of the analysts right now, they have OBJ out there as number one, but, you know, I'm not touching him with a 10-foot pole in the first five picks, so. Your mistake. All right, so I had the second pick. And I'm I'm one of those individuals that will always go after running backs instead of wide receivers. I know on my rankings I have Hopkins as one number two, but I took I'm taking Todd Gurley here only because I I am one of those individuals that has to have a running back like in the first round. So and, and for our league, you're picking number two, and and th- this is huge. You can do your rankings and you can say, okay, man, Hopkins is probably a little bit better here. But then you when once you're in the position of okay, I'm picking this spot. I'm either going to have this guy on my team or I'm not. It's fine to reach within tiers, right? And yeah, I think yeah. that this is your team that you're going to root for. You're buying these jerseys. You're watching the games. You're you're celebrating these guys. Get the guys you love. And Gurley is, oh, yeah. man, he's so fun to root oh, for. Yeah. Yep, Gurley is, especially after last season. You know, it's it's hard to overlook him. And to see what the Rams are doing this season, it, it, he's – He's a, it's a good spot. I mean, Gurley could easily go number one yep. in a lot of leagues this season oh, for too. Sure. So, so for sure. I mean, it's he's he's just an absolute dynamic man, you know. And that offense, I, I think they're going to go a little bit. They'll let uh, Goff loose a little bit more, but Gurley's still going to be involved. I mean, he finally got used to the best of his abilities last year, and he just tore it up. So, I don't see why they wouldn't continue to do so. So, John, you got the number three pick, and you took? I took OBJ, man. Uh, I would be – he's my number one player on my board. Uh, I appreciate you calling me an expert earlier whenever you said most people have him at number one. Thank you, Austin. <laughs> um, but I love this guy. One, he's hilarious, but in his first three years, um, all over – all three seasons, over 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns each. He leads the NFL historically – in yards receiving per game, he is number one all time over everyone, including Jerry Rice, Randy Moss. Um, I know it's only been three years, but the dude is special. And whenever you look at his age, on top of that, he's going to be 25 years old at season start. He's very, very young. Eli has been terrible, and he's still been successful. So I, I love this kid. Uh, I understand he's controversial and coming off an injury, but. 25-year-old receiver that's put up that production, man, I'll take it every day. Yeah, there's just too many red flags for me when it comes to OBJ. You know, that injury last season was pretty gruesome. Just like you said, the quarterback play is pretty bad. Their offensive line is deteriorated. I, I just could not see him in in the – I think I have him at what? I have him at seven, so I'm probably the least. Yeah, I, uh, I Odell would love out of this. Three. And the thing about him is, and Austin and I, we've got an awesome bet – um <laughs> oh yeah that basically he will is it next three years is that right next three years he has to he has to miss five games half, in a season well, yep in a row in a row and uh we're betting a nice bottle of uh whiskey or his beverage of choice whiskey scotch whatever um right so yeah i i believe in him I, i'm betting on youth i'm betting on talent and i'm betting on production he's put out there so you've got to find guys you're comfortable with love this pick and I'm betting that he breaks his he breaks he breaks his ankle again. So that hurts. Sorry, OBJ. You're gonna be okay, bro. <laughs> they come back stronger, man. They do. Oh no, 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 no. I can name you twelve guys that didn't didn't pan out after a major major foot or knee injury. So that is not that is not a true uh, 
I guess, analysis there. They so. can. I mean, that's hey. I mean, different it's type caliber player, but that's what they're saying right now with Chris Carson. They're saying it's better that he broke his leg where he did because now that's just going to grow back stronger. Uh, well, <laughs> I was wrong about Gurley last year, so yeah. But he didn't have an injury. But it just that was the gameplay. So I got you. Jeff so, Fisher is an injury. Can we make that like a? <laughs> Official, oh, nice. I like that. The Jeff that should Fisher be a shirt. Is worse than an ACL tear. Let's just be really honest. That uh, should be an ESF shirt. <laughs> I like it. All right. So Steve was up next, and Steve, you took. Now this was a tough one, but I took David Johnson because I had a really hard time looking at this and saying, "Wow, Ezekiel Elliott and David Johnson." Right now, David Johnson by the end of the year is going to be twenty-seven years old. Right. Mind you, coming into the NFL. He did not have a lot of miles on him. So it's really hard to take his age into consideration right now. However, as this offense and this team rebuilds uh, over the next couple years, DJ is going to see a lot of volume. So he's going to get a lot of miles. He's probably going to take a lot of beating. So he's a guy that I look at, you know, we're looking at that three-year window, right? He's a guy that gave me three, maybe four years, you know, while I look for something else in the meantime. And I know that I'm going to get solid production in between him and Ezekiel Elliott. My backfield set, and, and that's a, people forget how great he was last year. Um, obviously, the injury this year, but if he if he put up his 2016 numbers this year, he would have been running back one and it wouldn't have even been close. Over 2,000 yep. total yards, 20 touchdowns, <laughs> 80 receptions. Holy freaking cow! And that team sucks. It's worse yep. than it was before. Who else is the ball going to go to? I understand exactly. you got Larry Fitzgerald, but good Lord, he's older than I am. So, I mean, I love that pick. And we don't know if Sam Bradford is even going to be able to stay in the field. So They're going to prop him you might well use, Yeah, you might Lamar well Jackson's going the there. Wait, did I just say that? I, I, I love really that pick. Lamar? I would love that pick. I think I think he's going to the Patriots. So. No, Mason Rudolph, man, watch. Mason Rudolph. Okay. All right, so I had the fifth fifth pick, uh, and I took Lev Bell. It was it was I just could not pass up. Uh, he averages 127 yards a game throughout his history of playing in an NFL. So to me, that was a no brainer. And like you know, you talked about the backfield having Lev Bell and Gurley as your as your two your starting running backs out of three. Oh, I you just can't go wrong. Man, Lev Bell's a beast, and he does it without scoring touchdowns. That's a crazy thing. Like he just yeah. does it in yards and receptions. He does not he's get in the end zone PPR very often. Guy. Yeah, he's he's a beast, yeah. man. Good pick. Thanks. So you're up next, John. Uh, six. I'm staying with the theme, man. Guy 